Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Well, folks, is it starting to feel different yet? Does anybody feel a little bit of difference in what's going on here for the St. Louis Cardinals? Welcome in to another edition of B-Shafe Daily. My name is Brendan Schaefer. Alongside you here, following another Cardinals win on Thursday, July 22nd, as St. Louis, I don't know, guys, I think they're starting to find their way. The Cardinals turning a corner Perhaps, is it possible? Can we accept it as possible at this point as the Cardinals coming off the All-Star break have now won consecutive series against some quality opponents? Like, I know the Chicago Cubs are not having the kind of season that they hoped they might have. I know that since the Cubs went on their little spiral a little bit after the Cardinals had their own situation in June, then the Cubs really started to struggle. The Cubs, I believe, at one point had that 10 or 11 game losing skid that basically, as far as their front office was concerned and their ownership, knocked them out of contention because everything we hear about that ball club at this point in time is they're selling, they're looking to tear it all down, and they're not looking to certainly add at the deadline. They might be doing the direct opposite of ad. They might be the dynasty that once was, it might be gone. You might see some of those big names being moved from Chicago in the coming days, this four game series at Bush stadium, possibly your last glimpse of guys like Chris Bryant in the Cubs uniform. Could it be the end of the road potentially for Wilson Contreras remains to be seen exactly what the Cubs decide to do, but they're certainly not looking to, you know, they don't have the feel or the look of a, a team that's on the rise that could could make noise down the stretch run of the season. For all the trouble that the St. Louis Cardinals have had, I don't know at this point how you deny the possibility that the Cardinals are that team. They are a team on the rise. They're a team playing better baseball, and they're a club that looks to potentially make some noise down the stretch run of the season. And as crazy as it sounds, they may not need a whole lot of help as far as gearing up at the trade deadline to be able to make that happen. It would still be nice for the Cardinals to make a run at some bullpen help over the course of the next week or so, week to eight, nine days before the trade deadline. But the way the Cardinals are playing right now, and I'm talking about two out of three from the first place Giants, the Giants, you know, the Cardinals' performance against the Giants over the last few weeks, they've played them six games, Cardinals end up taking the season series four out of six against San Francisco, winning two out of three both times that they faced them home and away. And it was sandwiched right around the All-Star break. And so those are all recent games for the Cardinals. All of those games coming since that point in the season where the Cardinals felt and Mike Schultz felt that this team had turned the corner and was playing the kind of baseball that they expected of themselves, results or not. They. This is all part of that area of the season ever since June 24th where they felt 
hey, we've turned the corner. We're where we want to be right now. Now it's just a matter of will the results follow? We believe they will. Cardinals fans hear that, and you know we've talked about this at length over the last few weeks. Hear that and say, well, I, you know, I don't know if I buy it. Totally fair. This has been a middling team for very much of the season. Around 500, they've spent enough time in recent days below 500. Really, it was about a solid month that the Cardinals were below the 500 mark. I know maybe it doesn't feel that way, but that's what it was. And you also might be saying, what the hell are you talking about? Of course it feels that way. The last month has been terrible. Okay, fair enough. The Cardinals' last time they were above 500 was June 20th. They had a doubleheader that day against the Braves. They won the first game, lost the second, and and after that they did not get above 500 again until tonight, July 22nd. 3-2 win against the Cubs, their second 3-2 victory in a row. Didn't need the extra innings to get it done tonight at Bush Stadium. I was actually there at this game in a spectator capacity for the first time since at some point in 2019. I don't know when the last game was. I assume that I did at some point in time in 2019 go to a game as a spectator, but obviously didn't do it in 2020 because there was no such thing. So every game I attended that year was for work. And that had been the case thus far this season until tonight. My wife and I, her parents, her uncle and cousin, we all were at Bush Stadium. It was a great time. And for the Cardinals, a nice game, clean game, the kind of game that we've grown accustomed to seeing from Kwon Young Kim. He was the Cardinals starter Tonight on his 33rd birthday, happy birthday to KK. And tonight he delivers the gift to Cardinals Nation of another win. He improves his record to 6-5 and five on the season. He looked really good tonight. Really, he was in a situation against Jake Marisnik there in the fourth inning where the Cubs scored their two runs of the game. One pitch away, you, you get a little bit of something perhaps in a different location where he can't do as much damage with it, you're out of that inning, and perhaps at the end of the day, KK ends up with another scoreless outing. That was the inning in the swing that put the end to his scoreless streak. 24 consecutive scoreless innings for Kwon Young Kim before he gives up the two-run double to Marisnik in the fourth, and that's all he gave up tonight. Just three hits in total for the Chicago Cubs. Just a really clean, quick game tonight from Bush Stadium. I believe it had to have been a shorter game time than three hours. Yep, looking at it now, 2.49 on the official game time because we were on the highway <laughs> before before the three-hour mark that it would have been if it was a 6.15, I guess, game. We were on the highway within three hours of that, so pretty good time. We made great time out of downtown, too. It's so different. Normally, I'm up in the press box. I'm doing the Zooms, or in past years, I'm doing the you know heading down to the clubhouse. And tonight was totally off the hook for having to work, so I I just got out of Dodge, and it was awesome. But nevertheless, a well-pitched game by both sides. KK gives up just two hits, and one of them obviously came back to haunt him. Two hits, one walk. That's all he surrendered in six innings of, again, high-quality baseball. The Cardinals' rotation continuing to put their stamp on these games in a way that They just had not done over the course of June and even the early part of July. We were used to Adam Wainwright providing quality outings for the Cardinals. He was really the only guy you could look forward to through that month of June that could give you a chance to win a start. And now in July, especially after the All-Star break, things are turning a corner where I'm really intrigued to see what happens over the weekend with 
the rest of this rotation their second time through since the All-Star break because first time through, Wade LeBlanc, Jake Woodford, Johan Oviedo, really good from each of them. Can they do it again? Because if so, to me right now, it's kind of two separate categories where you've got Wainwright and Kim, two guys that I think Cardinals fans, easy to trust them. You've seen it before. They're both veterans. KK, I know it's only his second year in the bigs, but last year I feel like you got a sense for what he can do when he's on. And ever since he kind of came back from that back injury the second time, because he started the season on the IL due to the back out of spring training, then he tweaked it when he was running out a ground ball earlier in the season, came back from that and said, it's going to take me two or three starts and then I'll feel comfortable. That's what he said. He said, I, you know, I want to put this back injury behind me, but I will feel fully comfortable after a couple more outings. He got through that period of his season. And from there, that might be right around when the, the scoreless streak began. And so his last three, four starts, really five starts now, if you're looking all the way back to June 30th, he's gone five innings, one run, seven innings, zero runs, six innings, zero runs, six innings, zero runs, and tonight six innings, two runs, just as easily could have been zero runs if he makes one different pitch to Marisnik. That was the only damage the Cubs did all night, and it, you know, those those pitches happen over the course of a of a season for sure, but within the context of a game. It happened. One pitch, still a really quality outing. Seven strikeouts for KK as well. His ERA for the season at 2.88 just goes up a, a little bit based on tonight's outing, which put him on the pace for a 3.00 ERA with six innings, two runs. But he's just been about as automatic as you can expect or hope from a starting pitcher. His last five outings now, like that's darn near a month that he's been on this trajectory where he's just been really good and reliable and I mean that's basically what he did last year and it was kind of a a deal where we wondered well is it because he's just getting his first taste of the big leagues the opponents don't really know what he brings to the table the book is not out on him because KK doesn't throw as exceptionally hard a big part of his game is the ability to change speeds and we talked about last year how the opponents he was facing in 2020 only NL and AL Central the Cardinals had a limited number of opponents, as everybody did in 2020 due to the COVID protocols and the way they handled the scheduling for the 2020 season. And he had a really good season. His ERA was below two in like the one and a half range. Remember, he was that weird situation where he was the closer, technically, to begin the season. That was not right. Didn't feel right. Never did. Very quickly, the Cardinals had an injury in the rotation. They bring KK back into the into the mixture in that front, and from there he was off and running and had a little bit of trouble getting started this year, I think, due to health, and that was really the only setback for him. Once he's been able to kind of put that behind him, you've seen him perform as the pitcher that, you know, the Cardinals, I think, expected to have. The guy who throws strikes, doesn't walk many, works quick, keeps his defense engaged. And the strikeouts, honestly, has been a little bit of a pre- a pleasant surprise to me just because I didn't anticipate necessarily him being that guy. And he, he isn't always, right? It's kind of sporadic. It's like he uses it when he needs it, but it's clear it's in his bag. He's got it if he needs to break it out. What's interesting is you look over his last four starts because he's gone Giants, Cubs, Giants, and then tonight the Cubs. Against the Giants, the strikeout number is pretty low. Two and one, despite a total of 13 innings. Didn't allow any runs, but a different style, a different way to get to that result compared to what he's done against the Cubs now in 12 innings and two starts. 
gave up just two runs, both of them coming tonight, seven Ks in both of those outings. So I don't know if there's anything more to that, but I would imagine that there is. The Cardinals maybe have a book on, you know, in, in KK scouting report, looking what they can they can try to exploit against one team versus another. Regardless, that just tells me the flexibility in what he's able to do on the mound. Like, I'm still looking at these game logs. It is just impressive the fact that he doesn't, for, for a guy who in, in some situations has been pitching to contact, like against the Giants, both games, I mentioned it, three total strikeouts in 13 innings, six total hits, three hits in each game, and then tonight just two. I don't know how he does it, but I don't know that there's been a better match for what a pitcher uh, you know, what a pitcher can put together and the way he exploits and runs his game, the way it matches up with what the Cardinals' defense can do. I wrote about it today for KMOV on last night's game, Wednesday's game, where the Cardinals' defense legitimately took five runs away from the Cubs last night, and we talked at length about how good the defense was last night, but then I ended up waking up and writing that story this morning. KK is perfect for having this Cardinals defense. When you've got a gold glover at third base in Arenado, and he did it again tonight, had just a ridiculous leaping grab on a line drive to his right. He can go to his left. He can go to his right. He can do anything. It doesn't matter. He He's just so versatile defensively. He can make any play. And it happened again tonight. Just exceptional job by Arenado. I haven't talked yet about the offense because, again, it was a 3-2 to two game, so not a whole lot of offense to speak of. But two big swings is all it took. And we'll get into the offense a little bit, talking about a couple of guys who the Cardinals could absolutely use to continue getting hot. And Dylan Carlson, one of those names, and the other is Nolan Arenado. But defensively, you've got Arenado at third, Gold Glover. We know what Yachty is behind the plate. Goldschmidt is a former Gold Glover Probably perennially deserves that award. I think maybe an underrated guy at first base. I don't know how that is because he's among the league's premier offensive players as well over the last decade or so. And typically it's like you need that you need to get your due offensively before you can be recognized on the defensive side. He's just an unassuming guy, though. He's not flashy. He just gets the job done. But I don't know that there's a first baseman in, in Major League Baseball that you'd rather have on the defensive side either because he's just so smooth. He always knows what he's doing. Edmund has played pretty good second base this year. You've got the young at short who's been a gold glove finalist before. Edmundo Sosa, to me, even a better defensive shortstop. He did make a, a, a flub tonight. I don't know if that was ultimately ruled an error or not. I can check real quick. Yeah, one error on the Cardinals. I assume that was the play Sosa to his left. Didn't quite make, and I kind of was embarrassed a little bit by that because I said, oh, check this out. Like, it wasn't totally routine, but an error would have been the correct call on the play and and he'll make errors you know he's made he's made errors this season everybody does but I thought oh watch this he's going to turn in a, a dandy here didn't happen that time but I still I still would would pit him up against anybody defensively he just it, you know with what we saw last night a great play that saved the game for the Cardinals he does a great job he's prepared he's athletic enough to make the majority of those plays most of the time and so you you trust and enjoy having him as part of the Cardinals infield mixture as well. Harrison Bader, I think full stop, the best center fielder defensively in the National League. Still marveling at what he was able to do yesterday, and he, he just gets behind every ball. He's fundamentally sound as it gets, 
and the fact that offensively he's starting to come around as well. Not so much tonight, but again, Cardinals had just five hits. You can piss and moan all you want about the offensive output tonight. I don't think anybody's doing that after a win, but I would just reflect that to say, well, the Cubs had three hits. So Cardinals didn't do a whole lot offensively, but it's just the kind of game it was. A well-pitched game on both sides. 3-2 to two final, 5-3 to three in the hit column. Cardinals at least had more hits than the Cubs, and they won the game. But really, it was the big hits. It was two home runs that got the Cardinals there offensively. But just, they're they're strong up the middle. They're strong at the corners of their infield. I mean, Tyler O'Neill won the gold glove last year in left field. And Dylan Carlson does a fine job in right. So, I just don't know if you're going to find a better defensive team. And it aligns so very well with the way KK pitches. Even though at times he's able to, to pump it up and, and get the strikeouts, it's because he changes speed so well. I just think he's a nightmare for hitters to try to oppose because when he's in his groove, he's not waiting around for you to figure him out. He's he's back in there, back up on the mound, on the rubber, ready to throw you the next pitch. And the way he varies his speeds, he's got multiple pitches that he can throw for strikes. He's a dangerous guy. And tonight, again, just mowing down Chicago Cubs hitters, making it look easy. That was a, a, just another quality outing from KK. You're fine having him as your number two in the rotation right now because he's been, I mean, pretty gosh darn flawless. You look back at the game logs even a little further. Had a hiccup back on June 25th against the Pirates where he gave up four runs. But other than that, he's been top-notch in every outing since he returned from the injured list the second time. Prior to tonight's outing, which was six innings, two runs, he had a 1.64 ERA since returning from the injured list that second time on June 15th and tonight that ERA will go up a little bit from that stretch because of the two runs over six the pace of 3.00 but he's just been tremendous and happy birthday to KK like he's he's going out there and giving the Cardinals everything they could hope for we'll see over the weekend what it looks like for the next group in the rotation I mean this is your crew that the last time they all went five innings one run and that's right smack dab what you would like to see them do again we'll see what it looks like for the cardinals over the weekend but it's worth mentioning as well over the course of this four game series with the cubs the cardinals pitching staff had a grand total of one unintentional walk walks and hit by pitches have killed this team this year and there had been some hit by pitches in this series and so that's maybe a little bit of a disingenuous statistic to say well just one walk that wasn't intentional hit-by-pitch is essentially the same thing. But the fact that they are beginning to come around on limiting the free bases, that's a huge deal. And it's part of the reason the Cardinals were able to take three of four. They honestly could have swept this series if not for the debacle that happened in the, the game where they lose the 6-1 to one lead late in that one in game two of the series on Tuesday. So they're turning the corner. They're They're doing what they need to do on the pitching side. And it it does. It remi- and I mentioned this last night. It reminds me now of what they looked like toward the beginning of the season when they were winning games and they were in first place. When the pitching gets the job done, the offense can adapt to what that game looks like, and they can do just enough to get you there. It, you know, it doesn't matter who it's going to be, and we're going to talk about the offense here in just a moment from tonight's game. But they're doing just enough. It's not impressive to score three runs and get five hits. Nobody's saying, look, the offense is fixed. But they're in conjunction. It's like they're on the same page again. The pitching staff is getting the job done, 
and it's permitting the offense to put themselves in a position to say, hey, we can take it from here. We can get you what you need if that's all you're going to need. And granted, part of the reason the pitching has been so good is the continued excellence of the defense. Cardinals made another 3-4 plays tonight that were just exceptional. Nolan Arenado, at one point in this game, fields a bunt, charging. You know, it's the pitcher, so I, I turned to my wife and I said, they're about to bunt here, runner on first first base, but Nolan is charging in on this. Don't bunt it to him. And what do they do? They bunt it to Arenado. Like, I made myself look super smart a couple of times tonight just with my family because I said, you don't want to bunt it to that guy, and they do. And once the ball was hit, I said, yep, he's getting him at second and first, and they do pulling off the double play. Tyler O'Neill had a, a nice sliding catch. Harrison Bader had a great diving catch where that's not the kind of dive that is comfortable to do. Like, I didn't play baseball at a high level, but I, I remember playing in the outfield and diving around and loving the chance to make those plays. But that's a dive where afterwards you get up and you're like, oh, you know, that that's going to knock the wind out of you a little bit because you have to go full extension. You have to reach down for it you wish you had another half step to make it a more smooth dive but Bader is just that good he makes the play it makes it look easy and I mean that's just the kind of the kind of thing the Cardinals do defensively they do it again and I mentioned it talking about KK being just the perfect pitcher for this defense and the way they blend together so nicely that's part of why they make some plays like they did tonight it just it just looks really really good and that's Part of the reason the pitching staff over the course of this series and over the course of really the whole season, the defense has been one element that hasn't really slumped. There was like a game here and there where the Cardinals looked just like lost defensively, but that was few and far between. That is, that's been the exception rather than the norm. For the most part, the defense has remained consistent. And now that the pitching is, you know, as a defense, you're more apt to be consistent and to be strong and to be ready for what may come to you when your pitching is keeping you engaged, when you're not walking guys. And that's what we saw this series. And so I just really like the way the Cardinals are blending their quality defense that they're totally capable of playing with the the pitching doing what it needs to do to get the job done. But after quite a hefty layover and talking about all kinds of other things, let's get into the offense a little bit. Just the two home runs tonight, but two guys that I think the Cardinals could use some big games from. And, and really, Dylan Carlson was awesome tonight. Like the Cardinals had five hits. He had three of them, and one of them, the home run to lead things off, had two doubles in addition to that, scored two runs, comes up with the second run on the homer by Arenado, which is another moment in the game where I made myself look smart. Told my mother-in-law, I said, yeah, I think I think Nolan might get into one here because he hit the first, the first ball was kind of one of those where you thought, man, it might get into the left field corner and rattle around for a double. But it hung up in the air a little bit too long. Left fielder was able to get to it. But it was a good swing you put on the ball. I thought he was just off. And I thought, yeah, he might get into one right here. Sure enough, he does. So that's one where, man, you wish you would have tweeted that out beforehand because how smart would I have looked then. But Arenado gets the home run. Good to see him kind of back in the saddle. Ever since that off day, which I was talking to Kevin Wheeler about this the other night uh, who with KMOX and does the, the great job on the pregame shows for the radio broadcast. Him and I sit up in the press box, typically in the early innings, chatted up. He was talking about the idea that Arenado needed a day off after the All-Star break to begin this series on Monday. Like, he played the Giants series, and then Monday didn't play. And people were like, well, why isn't he playing? It's just, they just had an All-Star break. And I thought, well, you know, he played in that All-Star game. It's not like he got a break. It had to be a lot. It had to take a lot out of him to be in Denver, a lot of expectations upon you because he knows that city. People know him. 
there's a lot off the field that he probably had to take care of and do and and be the face of a lot of things for that all-star break. So it wasn't exactly a break for Nolan Arnato. He played in the game, got through that giant series, and it just didn't look right, and he takes a day off Monday. And he's a guy where, and Kevin made this point, and I agree with it, if Nolan Arnato is taking a day off, it's because he needs it. It's because he needs to reset, recharge. He's not a guy who wants to be out of the lineup. He's a gamer. He wants to be in there. And so if, if that happens, don't question it. There's a reason for it. And he's come back since then and looked like a much better, more competent hitter at the plate. Has had a couple of home runs since then. Cardinals need him on his best, and he certainly was tonight getting that home run done. Good, solid swing to left center field. Ends up being the difference in the game as the Cardinals win this one 3-2. to two. But if you could get him going, and Dylan Carlson going as well, the OPS for him back up to 753. He's gotten on a heck of a hot streak as of late. Goldschmidt, not the game I thought he was going to have tonight. Had two walks, so he's on base twice, but goes 0 for 2 with a couple of strikeouts and a strikeout looking. Just I was waiting for him to get into one, and he was just a touch off tonight. But the fact that he's able to take his walks, get on base a couple of times, I, I think he's just right there. And uh, Cardinals could stand for the top of the order. Those guys, Carlson, Goldschmidt, Arenado, that's been the way they've constructed things of late. Get those guys going at once would be really nice. O'Neal is a guy who offensively has started to decline a little bit. That wasn't a surprise. I can remember a few weeks ago talking about, yeah, he was on top of his game, and if he's if he's doing what he needs to do, not chasing pitches out of the strike zone, continuing to make hard contact, he's going to be unstoppable. It was kind of inevitable that he was going to have a little bit of a lull, a couple of strikeouts tonight. I still think with an 851 OPS, it's still high on the team. He has an opportunity to find himself yet and uh, still continue to be a really quality contributor for the Cardinals offense just I mean around the board tonight the Cardinals were not huge on the offensive side of things and you know you're going to have those nights on occasion wanted to reference Edmundo Sosa getting hit by the pitch in the head was down on the ground there for a little bit Mike Schultz said after the game that feels like he's good remained in the game there for a while was able to uh, contribute as the Cardinals shortstop defensively and just one of those strange nights for Mundo Sosa, where he goes 0 for 2, but ends up getting hit by a pitch, but still contributing defensively. You know, he's a guy where the two hit by pitches that I can remember of his on the season, both times now, tonight was another example, where he gets clocked, and it's like, I think he's a tough SOB. The guy is the guy is tough. I'm not questioning that. But he, he'll, he'll wear a little bit of what he's feeling on his sleeve. The one that was, I guess it hit him on the hand, I can't remember, looked like a painful one, but he kind of made a little circle around the the plate and, and was a little bit animated. But that's what I like about him. He's a, he's an emotional player. He's a, a guy who, you know, wears it. You know, he's out there. He's moving around. Totally fine with that. Tonight, though, he was just kind of hit the deck, and you think, okay, I want to make sure this guy's okay. But after they took a look at him, he ended up being all right. So that was great to see as well. You know, at this point, if you've been listening to B-Shape Daily, Mundo Sosa's my guy. So, scary moment there, but good to hear from Mike Schilt after the game that they think he's okay. Schilt said, well, based on the double play there in the eighth, I think he's probably pretty fine. So, everything checked out, checked out medically for him, and glad to hear that. But just wanted to make sure we gave that little update in case anybody missed it, having seen the play take place without hearing from Mike Schilt what, what his view on uh, Sosa's health was after the game. Everything checked out, and he should be... Good to go moving forward, according to the Cardinals manager. 
But yeah, I think that's about to wrap things up for this edition of B-Shape Daily. But I'm just saying, guys, you look at where the Cardinals are at right now. Doesn't it feel different? That's what I started off the podcast asking with that question. Does it feel different to anybody? Because just think about the margin, how close they are at this point to be this podcast being one where we're discussing a four-game sweep of the Cubs in six out of seven out of the gate after the All-Star break. Because that's honestly where they ought to be. But the Cardinals aren't thinking that way. They're not thinking, oh, man, we let one get away. They know they let one get away, but that's not that's not where their head's at. That's not where the focus is right now. The focus is on the way they're playing, and that's been the case. Again, the more we're seeing of this team, the more it becomes easier to believe that they all have believed since June 24th that they've been a different team. Even though they weren't winning those games right away, they were putting in the work and they were putting in the 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 effort to be able to play the kind of baseball they expected to play and knew the results would follow. And now they're starting to do so to where you might have scoffed at hearing that in late June when the results weren't coming, but now they are. And yes, you can credit that a lot to the pitching. It'd be a different story if they were giving up five runs a night because they'd be losing each of these games based on not scoring enough. But what a winning baseball team can do is win in a variety of ways. Right now, they're winning a few games by pitching well, playing good defense, and doing just enough offensively. And that's the M.O., it was asked two nights ago, what's the identity of this Cardinals team? I think that's the answer. When they're going well, their answer is we pitch well, we defend well, we prevent runs, and we'll score our runs. It's going to happen, but that's not the primary, you know, it's your primary objective, sure, but it's not the the way the Cardinals would identify themselves. They would say, we're going to limit runs in, uh, for the opposition. We're going to get ours because we're going to we're going to grind. We're going to take good at bats. We're going to find a way. Somebody's going to come through and get it done. And we're going to do just enough. And we're going to win the close games because we, we we trust the back end of our bullpen. I think that's a great way to answer this question. That was two days ago after the Cardinals were coming off a seven to six loss where they just they 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 you know they wet the bed in the ninth inning and they lost one they shouldn't have lost. Two days since then they've won three to two contests. And that's more indicative, I think, of the identity of this team and the team that they want to be moving forward than what you see on Tuesday night with that loss. So Cardinals are trying to make their way, make their move on up the table in the National League Central standings. And wouldn't you know it, they're going to have an opportunity to do so over the weekend even further because they're playing the Cincinnati Reds. The Reds are a half game up on the Cardinals heading into that weekend series. Cardinals are 49-48. Reds are 49-47. and Cards seven games back of the Milwaukee Brewers, who have come back down to earth. They're playing, they're, they're looking mortal, which you knew was going to happen at some point. They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. Cardinals are 6-4. and four. That's all you got to do. Chip away, continue to make things happen, and then you get within striking distance, within four games, five games, and then you play them for a series, and that's when you can go in for the kill. Right now, though, the Cardinals have to, to take care of the Reds first because that's the next step in their journey to try to make that leap back into second place. By the end of the weekend, they could absolutely be there if they get the job done in Cincinnati. Going to be tough. You're going on the road. Going to be a road trip for St. Louis. We'll see how they fare. But certainly you've got to love how they've performed over the course of this homestand off the All-Star game. 5-2 and two record. Could it have been better? Absolutely. But the Cardinals are going to take where they're at. They're going to be confident in what they've been able to accomplish and the way they've gone about their business and winning five out of those seven games. And we'll see moving forward what they're able to do if they can continue to build upon that momentum. Like I said, it's going to come down to the pitching You've got three, four, and five in your rotation. It's a rotation that last week we had very little confidence in, but then we saw from each of those those names, three, four, and five, in Wade LeBlanc, Jake Woodford, and Johan Oviedo, 
We've seen good things from them. So now can they build upon that and get the Cardinals through? Because in a few weeks, you have the chance to see Miles Michaelis back. You can maybe see Jack Flaherty close behind him. And that would be a big boost for this Cardinals team. But they got to get to that point. They've got to continue to stay, keep their head above water. And then for the final six or so weeks of the season, you get your rotation back what you thought it could be. Continue to have the offense moving in a positive direction. And couldn't you see it? You don't have to squint quite as hard to see the possible path for the Cardinals to be able to make a run at this thing down the stretch. Is that possible? Is it just me? Because I felt like after last night's episode, I was like, man, I talked a lot about positivity, and Cardinals fans are going to be like, I've heard enough of this guy. Shut up. This team's no good. It's not the way I feel, though. I've been watching this team, evaluating it as I see it, right? I, I can look on the course of the season, and I can make sweeping general statements about the Cardinals. And if I were doing that, I would be saying, yeah, they haven't done enough, and they're not to this point in the year, uh, a playoff team, clearly. And the standings reflect that. But I think you can look at it in smaller chunks and say, yeah, the Cardinals are they're turning the corner and they're playing better baseball. If they regress back, we're going to talk about that. We're going to say, yeah, it was a mirage or it was an illusion. It wasn't, you know, as as sturdy as we thought it could be when they were playing better baseball. And here's why they've, they've backslid. Right now, though, I think the Cardinals are moving in a good direction. And this is going to be a great test against the Reds, a team who – you know, I would say is contending for a postseason spot, but it's so tricky right now because when you look at the standings in the National League at large and start thinking about a wild card, it, it's kind of like there's nobody that has a chance that's not in the NOS because the, the Giants remain atop the National League standings. And looking real quickly at the American League slate, the Giants still have the best record in baseball at 60-35. and 35. They're the first team and the only team as of this point in Major League Baseball to be at 60 wins. But then right behind him, the Dodgers are at 59 and the San Diego Padres at 57. Like, the Cardinals are just as far back from a wild card spot as they are from the Milwaukee Brewers in the division. So, you know, it's easy to think, all right, all you got to do is catch the Brewers, keep within them in the division, and if you can get close enough to them, you have a chance to make the playoffs. To look out at the NOS and say one of those teams also has to slide back toward you, that feels a little bit less likely just because you just need more variables to go in your direction. So right now, I don't think the Cardinals can be thinking wild card. And really, all they need to be thinking is win games. Continue to win series. Try to make it closer. Uh, you know, they're doing that right now. They're they're gaining a little bit on the Milwaukee Brewers. They were nine games back, and now they're seven games back. After winning two in a row, the Brewers have lost their last couple of games. And, you know, here the Cardinals are. 49-48, despite a negative 36 run differential, uh, the Milwaukee Brewers positive 56 and their run differential. That just says to me, the Cardinals, yeah, they get their they get their butts kicked sometimes. But in the close games, they're making the most of their opportunities. And that's why they're a game above 500 right now. They're not out of this. I We are going to continue to see the, the way the trade deadline shakes out and how that could impact the team moving forward. I, I, I say it at the end of every episode, I'm not entirely sure that the Cardinals are going to be big movers in that market. But... We're going to wait and see, but right now, positive things happening. So if you're a Cardinals fan, enjoy the ride because this is the kind of baseball that you expected to see of this team, and they're starting to put it together. Let's see. Let's let's refrain from from our judgment for just a little, a little bit while longer because I think this team could potentially have some interesting things in store for you over the couple of months to finish the season. That's going to wrap it up for this edition of B-Shape Daily, though. I appreciate you guys, as always, for listening to the podcast. Make sure to subscribe if you haven't done so already at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you take your pick. You can find B-Shape Daily there. Thank you guys once again, and we'll talk to you next time on B-Shape Daily. Peace!